Well, hello everyone on this Monday, April 23rd. Lane Nordland here, your voice for agriculture, and it's time for today's Talking Ag Lane Lanecast. There's a lot of lane mentioned right there, but there is a special guest here on our program here today, phoning in from Washington, D.C., my friend, Mr. Chase Adams with the American Sheep Industry Association. Chase, how are you doing here today? Hey, Lane, doing good and good to be with you. So uh, how are things out in D.C.? My window here, looking out the window in Bozeman, Montana, it was about 60 degrees yesterday on my drive back from Deadwood. But I tell you what, there's snow on the ground here. What's it like in our nation's capital? Well, it is not bad, Lane. I think spring has, uh, has finally sprung. We've got, uh, we've got green leaves coming on the trees, and the grass is looking good. So where there is grass anyway, that's hard to find. But uh, it's, it's looking good around here, and we're pretty excited to have spring on us. Now, uh, just be just a few weeks ago, the American Sheep Industry actually hosted a fly-in for their members and also some public lands ranchers attended events out in Washington, D.C. Let, let's do a quick overview for our listeners here today about the important role that uh, uh, the experience these ASI members have when they go and hit the hill and talk with elected officials and their staff. Absolutely, Lane. You know, there is no better use of time than to have producers out here on the hill talking to their members. It means a lot when, when you take the effort to get from, uh, from your home in Montana, Wyoming, the Dakotas, and come out here and actually visit one-on-one -on -one with these members. That's where we get the hard, uh, the hard work done on the appropriations requests and all those things that make sure that the programs that, that we rely on, and kind of more importantly than the programs we rely on, the programs that would be detrimental to our industry, that's where we get all this hammered out. So uh, it's, it's terribly important. I had a great opportunity with, uh, with the ASI fly-in. Uh, several weeks ago, and then another opportunity as the Public Lands Council and the uh, National Cattlemen's Beef Association uh, was out here in, in short order thereafter as well. That really gives us uh, kind of two bites at the apple for a lot of very similar priorities for, for grazers across the West, and, and uh, had a good opportunity to speak to uh, a number of those groups about some of the issues that are sheep-specific, like, uh, like the bighorn issue we're facing across the West. Now, uh, talking about that bighorn issue, uh, just last year, over a year ago, uh, bighorn advocates in the sheep industry all came together in Helena, Montana, to discuss how the two groups that historically have not got along can work together to preserve the bighorn populations and look at the research that the sheep industry has done so, so both entities can really continue to uh, work together to uh, make sure that public lands grazers and sheep producers have a, a role in the West and also that the bighorn populations are viable. What's, let's, let's share an update on that end of things. You know, a lot of exciting news on there. That research has yielded some, some really good fruits and all we need to do is just kind of pull the politics out of that and let the research speak for itself. That research uh, comes from uh, Pullman, Washington at the uh, Ag Research Service under the USDA, comes from uh, Eastern Idaho under the U.S. Sheep Experiment Station, and it's also coming from our wildlife researchers uh, like the folks you've got up there at Montana State University. That research is showing uh, realistically that these uh, methods of separation, this absolute adherence to separation, is not the policy that we need to have in place. Now we need to continue to discourage interaction and uh, you know discourage any kind of, of co-mingling. Uh, we always want to discourage co-mingling between livestock and uh, and wildlife. I mean, there's no bigger uh, ask out there than to uh, 
discourage intermingling between coyotes and, and the lamb crops. So it's always something that we're, uh, we're looking to do. But uh, these, these policies that have driven far too many sheep producers off of Forest Service and BLM allotments, uh, the science is proving and, and showing us definitively that these have been bad policies that have had a terrible impact on, on rural America and our grazing heritage and multiple use on these, uh, on these public lands. And so I am very pleased with where the science is. And uh, that's uh, one of the things that, uh, that I've been stressing these last couple of weeks on visits up to the hill to our, uh, our congressional delegations in follow-up to those two fly-ins is just you know, look at the science, look at what's going on back home, and, uh, and, and you'll see that, uh, that we continue to provide a great value proposition. Well, we just celebrated Earth Day, of course. A lot of agricultural uh, producers and organizations are highlighting the role that farming and ranching play in, in the health of our Earth. And, of course, a lot of sheep producers do utilize public lands, and the multi-use of our public lands is very important to every aspect of our society. It, it, let's talk about the role that sheep play in, in keeping our public lands uh, healthy. Well, you know, and there's great, uh, there's great research, great benefits out there to grazing as a whole. We know that that's preserving open space. We know that that's reducing fuel loads. We know that that's providing wildlife habitat. You take that one knock, uh, one knock over, and you take a look at uh, at sheep on public lands, and you're looking at uh, you're looking at intensive grazing on noxious weeds. So you're actually improving the uh, uh, the rangeland health. You're looking at the light footprint that uh, the sheep make on these public lands, so you're improving the grazing lands. You look at the fact that uh, you know sheep just uh, they, they don't like to get their their hooves wet. They don't like to get down there in those riparian areas. So you know we we talk to uh, talk to the Forest Service, talk to the BLM, talk to groups like the Society of Range Management. There are no bigger advocates out there for sheep grazing than these uh, than these rangeland managers. But we need to make sure that message continues to get across because. Uh, like you say, you know, Earth Day may be a good time to look at it, but it's it's not very often that the public as a whole really actually thinks about uh, about the benefits of grazing. Well, Chase, uh, you, you know me very well, and there's not a day that goes by that I'm not wearing some wool socks, a wool suit, or, or some article of clothing that's made out of wool because there's nothing more sustainable than utilizing the natural fabric that is wool. And, of course, to ensure a future for the sheep, the, the lamb and the uh, wool industry, of course, we need to have a pretty good farm bill. And last week we saw the language from the House's version of the farm bill. Uh, Chase, what are those highlights for the sheep industry and uh, what you will be working with Congress and elected officials and their staffs and what your members want to see in this farm bill? I tell you, Lane, that was a that was an interesting committee room to be in during that markup on uh, on Wednesday, and uh, far too many speeches. But the end result was a solid farm bill for rural America, a solid farm bill for the U.S. sheep industry. Uh, we saw uh, reinforcement of the uh, minor use animal drug and animal spe and animal species. Uh, provisions so that ensures that we have access to the technologies that we need to be effective and uh, at most uh, well just to be effective here in the sheep industry we also saw uh, the foot and mouth disease vaccine bank the FMD vaccine bank uh, funded that's very important to ensure that we have the uh, the safety net the vaccines in place in the event that we see that uh, foreign animal disease uh, on U.S. Uh, U.S. soil in the future, uh, support for the USDA's foreign ag services programs, 
support for the sheep production marketing grant program and support for the uh, the wool research development and promotion trust fund and that uh, that program has been incredibly effective at preserving our uh, US textile industry and that is very important as you say you know those wool socks those wool suits all the uh, all the different different performance uh, uh, uses that we're developing for wool in athletic and military and in uh, in sporting goods uh, really really are underlined by uh, investments from that uh, wool research development promotion trust so that has been a very important tool for us we were very pleased to see that uh, reauthorized in the uh, in the chairman's mark in the house and we're going to continue to support this uh, uh, this farm bill as it goes to the entire uh, floor of the House. And then over in the Senate, we've got uh, some great language in place uh, once we get to that stage on the uh, wool loan deficiency payment to ensure that that, uh, that, that payment keeps pace with, uh, with the wool market and provides uh, producers a safety net because, as you know, lamb and wool are not traded on any, uh, any open commodity market. So we're really uh, fully exposed to... Uh, to the uh, whims and cyclical nature of agriculture right now our fine wool producers are, are doing very well uh, as we uh, head out of shearing season uh, that wool has sold uh, very good for our fine wool producers our coarse, coarse wool producers are, are feeling a little bit more of a pinch but uh, we continue to uh, to work uh, to ensure that uh, all, all uses of wool and all classes of wool uh, have a good home and, and we've got innovation to back that up well, Chase, it sounds like there's quite a lot going out in our nation's capital. What's one bit of information you'd like to share before uh, before I let you get back to work there out in the Beltway? Absolutely. Well, our nation's sheep producers are uh, certainly some of the best folks that I've ever had the privilege of working with and, and always, uh, well, just always salt of the earth. So I would encourage you, if you're not a member of your state affiliate uh, sheep producer, wool grower group, to uh, check them out, you can find resources and their contact info directly on our website, sheepusa.org. Right there at sheepusa.org, you can find all the resources. And if there's any issues uh, out in the countryside, you know that that's the resource that uh, the American Sheep Industry Association provides, is to have access to the uh, the great work that we're doing out here in Washington, the great work that we're doing in the countryside, uh, the work that we're doing on sheep care and and welfare. All of those are our resources provided by the American Sheep Industry Association to our affiliates all across the nation. And so as producers are listening, I would sure encourage them to support those affiliates. And that in turn supports the work that, uh, that we can do on your behalf. Well, Chase, I just want to thank you for your work out in our nation's capital on behalf of the nation's sheep producers. And of course, you have your own podcast. It's called The Sheepcast, which is also found on your website as well. So, folks, uh, look that podcast up, and Chase will keep you up to speed on all the happenings and the advocacy that the American Sheep Industry Association is providing the sheep industry here in the United States. So, well, my friend, enjoy your day out in D.C. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks a lot, Lane. Look forward to getting out there where we don't have any snow right now. <laughs> Well, we are hoping that for some warm weather, weather to dry up a little bit of the floodwaters and whatnot so our folks can get out into the field to get the spring wheat planted and whatnot. But 
We're excited to uh, to see some moisture, no doubt. Again, Chase Adams of the American Sheep Industry Association was our guest today. And don't forget to follow us on SoundCloud. Talking Ag Lane is the name of the podcast, of course. And follow us on Instagram and Facebook as well. That will do it for this Monday's LaneCast. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day, everyone. I'm Lane Nordland, your voice for agriculture.